What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, Dan Malin joined uh, by Matt Sells for the NASCAR DFS podcast. Uh, talking Atlanta this week and a little bit of Knoxville Truck Series. But Matt, how are you doing? Kind of a big week for you personally. Uh, yeah, thanks. I'm doing well. Glad to have you back on the pod. I know we had uh, you had some work, uh, you know, that had to be taken care of. So thanks for Ed Rouse for filling in last week at Road America. Um, but yeah, we get uh, racing back in your backyard for the second time this year. Right? You're going to the race on Sunday? Yeah, going to the race on Sunday. Been thinking about going to Saturday's race all week, and it sounds like we're going to. Um, which would be nice, because this is potentially Kyle Busch's swan song for the Xfinity Series. And right, because he did say he would retire when he got to 100 wins. He got to 100, and, but then he still had uh, some... Two contractual to obligations to do. Yeah. So everybody that's been hammering him to quit, he couldn't back out of the... He has to fulfill the contracts, otherwise they lose money. So he just got there a little faster than he probably thought he would. Um, so as far as news goes, I wasn't sure if you were, or I admittedly, and I apologize, I did not listen to last week's podcast, but I wasn't sure if you were, Ed talked about the big news. And I also don't remember when the CGR news broke. Yeah, we did touch on it, um, during the pod. Um, yeah, it's still pretty interesting to me that, uh, Justin Marks was able to go from, um, listening to uh, Door Bumper Clear, which is a podcast put out by Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo Media uh, that has a couple of spotters on it and some some other folks that drop by. It's a pretty interesting listen. They were talking about it, and they described it as you're going from subletting to buying your own house. Like, that's essentially what Justin Marks just did because he mm-hmm. was essentially subletting RCR equipment um, or whatever equipment he was tied with i can't remember now off the there's a lot of alliances i can't remember i can't keep them all straight uh but he was basically renting equipment from another team and now he straight up bought ganassi um so and it they also pointed out it comes at an interesting time because like all of the equipment they bought all of the cars have a shelf life on them at this point because they're useless after this year Right. right they're going to the xfinity series is essentially where they're going down to so um, the cars that is not the team. So it's just interesting to think about it from that perspective. So um, we did talk about it. It's still pretty shocking to me that they managed to pull it off. I mean, they do have Pitbull money, but I mean, how much money does Pitbull really have? <laughs> I imagine a good amount. I once saw him, strangely enough, I saw him in concert down in Florida once, but he was only performing the songs that he was he was the cameo on. And so it was almost like it was just like music and, you know, other artists, you could hear like their musical parts. And and Pitbull was really just the hype man the entire time. That's a pretty interesting show. Uh, Still enjoyable. Had a good time. Uh, Alcohol made it a little more fun. But Mr. Worldwide is always. (laughs) But uh, this week we have Atlanta, uh, the, the biggest test for tire wear. Uh, what's the schedule looking like for you this week? I have some notes that I have to make on on my truck and Xfinity stuff. Yeah. So um, also big news this week that we have that we can now talk about. Atlanta announced that they're repaving and reconfiguring the track. When are the? Is that in the off season? Yeah, it'll happen after this race. They'll get it done because they don't race there again until next year. 
for 2022. So it'll be ready by 2022. Um, it's been met with some mixed reactions myself. Uh, I was not a fan of hearing them tighten the, you know, narrow the width of the track, especially in the turns. Um, that seems like it'll create a lot of follow the leader racing, especially with steeper banks. I don't think there's really multi grooves in steeper banks. Usually, um, you know, if you want to talk about great multi-groove tracks, you talk about Kansas and you talk about Homestead, and both of those are steeper than the 28 degrees that Atlanta's going to go to. Um, they're both wider than Atlanta's going to be, so it's just an interesting thing. But yeah, for right now, uh, it is a very, very, very old tire surface. Um, it's going to eat tires for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, and then probably during rain delays if there are any. Um, yeah, so it's this race is going to be shorter than the last one here. It's the Quaker State 400 compared to the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500. So 100 less miles that goes from 334 laps down to 267 for this weekend's race. So, um, you know, the amount of laps that Kyle Larson led last time would have been more than enough to win this one uh, wire to wire. <laughs> so uh, it puts it in perspective there. Um, you know, track breakdown is out at this point. I have some strategy notes in there. Um, all of the data and, you know, all that good stuff that you like to see is all out. So, you know, it is it is a track we went to earlier this year. Can kind of take some stuff from there. It is going to be hot there this weekend, I hear. It's about in the brutal. 90s. It is going to suck. And about 70% humidity, I think I saw. Yeah. That's going to make it a hot, slick racing surface. So it should be interesting <clears throat> to see how they handle that. Uh, for truck and Xfinity, the trucks are actually running a half-mile dirt track in uh, Knox, uh, Knoxville, yeah, Iowa. It's I'm, not trying to, I'm trying to decide if I want to say Iowa or Knoxville, but I understand like there has been another Iowa track, so I think I'll just go with Knoxville. Yeah. Um, but they are running practice as of right now. I haven't been paying too much attention to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to do a playbook with some play drivers to target. They are running, I believe, four heats to determine the starting order Friday night before the race. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to offer updates. Uh, I do have family in town this, this weekend. So after I get off work Friday, Basically, I'm going to be driving home during qualifying, and then there will be the race. And so I'm probably only doing three lineups just to get credit uh, on DraftKings for the season-ending, you know, crowns and all that crap. So I'm playing it very late. I'm only going to do three builds. I'll still have a playbook with strategies and everything. And we can pull a little bit of data from uh, Bristol earlier in the year and even Eldora. Um, so truck series, you'll get the playbook. And if I can, I'll be in the Discord. It's just I don't want to be rude. On Friday night and then Saturday and Sunday I will be probably at both races I'll definitely be at the cup race on Sunday um, I would really like to go see uh, Kyle Busch's last race on Saturday so I'm probably going to go to that as well um, so I'm going to be heavier obviously on the Xfinity race because we'll know the starting order and we have plenty of data to pull there uh, plus it's you know a Kyle Busch race so he'll probably be in about 60% of my lineups so I won't be as involved in the Discord this weekend, uh, but Matt will still be there on Sunday, and I will pop in. I'll be there in the mornings, but pretty much at 12 o'clock on Sunday, I will be out heading to the track for the race. Um, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there Saturday. Um, 
in and out. Obviously, that's a big content day for me with the Cup playbook coming out. I already posted the content schedule for the week in the Discord channel. Um, Friday, I don't know that I'll be of much help on the trucks either because um, my wife and I have a home inspection to do the walkthrough on uh, Friday late afternoon. And then since we currently, our kids went to my in-laws for vacation, we might take advantage of a date night on a Friday night for like the first time in, I don't know, seven years. Um, (laughs) So we'll we'll see how that goes, but I may not have that much info to add to the trucks. Uh, I do know that it's a dirt track. Knoxville is a pretty popular, um, you know, sprint car dirt uh you know series track in fact i'm pretty sure they have the nationals in dirt racing at knoxville and uh yeah it is in iowa not to be confused with the one in tennessee um so yeah that's that's all i've got there the schedule wise for you know cup is up in the discord rankings out friday early projections out friday uh, playbook Saturday, best bet Saturday, core plays Sunday, and any race day updates based on inspection. Cool. All right. Why don't we just start breaking down the cup race? Because I don't have many thoughts on Trucker Xfinity at the moment. I haven't even looked at the slates. Yeah, we can we can do that. Like we said, it's going to be a little bit of a wild one for the trucks and Xfinity. I mean, Kyle Busch is in it. It's going to be a popular play. And then basically your same guys that do well a mile and a half are all going to be in play this week. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty it's it's a pretty standard track this week aside from tire wear. Yeah, um, but just talk, hitting on some drivers to start. Kyle Larson is twelve thousand dollars starting P six. He led a ton of laps as you alluded to earlier. Still worth the price tag, I imagine. It should he should have no. I mean, look, he put up hundred and sixty and a half DK points. Earlier yeah. this year, by the 269 laps, and then obviously Blaney won the race. He ran him down late as Larson uh, said he wore his tires off. Basically, um, I would assume that he would learn from that, right? I mean, he's not going to make the second the same mistake again. I would, I would guess. Well, plus, like you know, we're also just in in addition to him dominating the race, you know. We're back on just a standard mile and a half. Right. Um, and so it's like, you know, we're not on a road course. We aren't doing a doubleheader at Pocono, of which he almost won one of those anyway before he blew a tire going into the final turn. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, we're back on just a, a simple mile and a half tri-oval. Sure, there's tire wear, but he dominated this race. So it's just you can just confidently go back to him. And if anything, I hope that ownership is slightly lower on him because of, you know, the last two weeks. Um, I don't think it's going to be a steep drop off, but if we can get a little bit less ownership on him, I'll gladly just continue. To He's be- also a tad bit higher on DK than he has been. They upped the price just a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, because he—it's the first time he's hit twelve um, there. And then on Fanduel, you know, well, he was twelve eight for the second Pocono race. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, he was. You're right. You're right. He you're was right. twelve five for the first one, but right. no, I hear you. Like last week, his price was depressed on because it was a road course but right so still can't avoid him no he's still eleven hundred dollars more than the next closest guy which is kevin harvick who you know statistically speaking is still the best driver at atlanta motor speedway even though he hasn't had the most recent results although he did win here last year so um you know but yeah uh, harvick is the second most expensive guy 
And he's got even more PD than Larson. So Harvick might be played more than Larson. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I do have both in my cash lineup, uh, my early cash lineup. Um, and I mean, Har- Harvick, prior to last week, Harvick was actually looking a lot better. He's He hasn't obviously won a race. He's just a driver who has steadily gotten better uh, as the season's progressed, especially after we kind of crapped on SHR early on in the season. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we still are, but he is the best driver of that group, and he has gotten better. Um, he still gives you plenty of top ten. Like, almost every week he's going to finish in the top ten. He hasn't gotten a win. He hasn't been that dominant guy, right? But with this week's PD. Go so far as to say he can get you a top five because he has done that. Right, he has done that. Um, and especially at this track where he knows exactly where the best line is, how to conserve tires, um, all that good stuff. He's a pretty safe bet this week. Um, Blaney won this race in the spring, correct? Yes, he ran down Kyle Larson late and made Larson wear off his tires. How do we feel about one Mr. Ryan Blaney? Uh, I haven't loved his results aside from Pocono. Um been okay just not stellar he's all been awfully hard to justify the price tag so here's the interesting thing about blaney and really penske overall it's very package dependent for penske if you look at the 750 horsepower races logano does really well at that horsepower at that package most Mm -hmm. of his top tens this year have come in that package And Blaney looks like he's driving a jalopy in the 750-horsepower package. (laughs) In the 550-horsepower package, it's completely flipped. Blaney looks better in the 550-horsepower, and Logano looks like he's in a bucket of rust. Um, And, you know, Kozlowski's clearly given up. Like, I don't think that guy cares anymore about this season. He's got his win. He's going to make the playoffs with Penske. I think his mind is clearly on, hey... How am I transforming Roush at this point? Because I'm part owner, so I get say-so in their meetings and whatnot. I honestly don't think Kislowski could care less about Penske right now. Um, statistically, he's pretty good at Atlanta, and he's always worth a shot in GPPs just for a guy who can hang around late. Mm-hmm. But I think in the 550 horsepower, you have to go Blaney. And then I'd almost put Kislowski, and then I'd go Logano. But in the 750, it's flipped. Okay. Um, I big day in the discord made a really good point that like he said, he might start going 20% ownership on Brad Kozlowski every race just because, and, you know, I saw Kozlowski win here a couple of years ago and that's still ingrained in my mind. And Wasn't that the flu race? I think so. Yeah. Where he when, claimed he felt like crap and then somehow led. He somehow like won. And like, there were rumblings that Austin Sindrick might have to run in the two car for him, but yeah. At 9,200, a guy starting 14th that has won here previously. I know, and I agree right. with you. I'm with you on the fact that he probably doesn't give a damn about this right, season. Right, but I'm still going to slide him into some GPs. Of course, yeah. There's that shot that he times the pit perfectly, and he somehow gets the lead, and then when the two cars up front, it doesn't relinquish the lead, right? Like, it's kind of the strategy you got to go with Kislowski. Um, what is your approach with JGR this week? Because they're all starting in the top five. I am not playing very much, if at all, Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not. I'm going to let the other people, if it bites me, it bites me. But 
He's nine last now. year. He's nine grand, right? And he's starting what fifth? Yeah. Uh, and statistically, he's very good at Atlanta, and very good at mile and a half. But the last year and change, he has not figured out how to drive this five fifty package, right? He was pretty good at the road course. Then he was okay at Pocono. Not great. He was okay at Pocono, which is a 550 horsepower. He looked mostly lost at Nashville, which is a 750 horsepower, but, you know, comparable size track, tire wear, stuff like that. Um, He's only looked so-so in this 550 package. And, in fact, early this year, he started second and finished ninth at Atlanta. So, has he figured it out? I don't know. Does the price tag say he's really tempting? Yeah, it does. But I'd also rather pay 9600 for Denny or ten three for Kyle Busch than nine grand for MTJ. Like, that's kind of how I'm coming down on JGR this week. I can see why you're probably soft on Truex. Um, it really just seems like ever since he was supposed to be like the chalk at Dover when he started on the pole and he finished 19th, he's had a rough go of it for DFS. Now, he still had some good runs. Like, he ran really well at Sonoma, which was a road course. But even last week, he start, finished right where he started. Um, I plan on being light on Bell. I do think I want to get a little exposure to Denny Hamlin and Kyle yeah. Busch, though. Yeah, I will definitely have more exposure to Kyle Busch and Denny than I do to MTJ. How do you feel about two Hendrick guys that are offering some PD this week, William Byron and Alex Bowman? I'm really on board with Byron at 10K. I think that we could see, if people are trying to cram in Larson and Harvick that, and maybe even Blaney, we might get Byron at about 22 maybe 20% ownership. Yeah, it was. I was talking to somebody about this earlier today, and I'm a little on the fence about Byron this week. Like, he's run really well this this year, right? Like, twelve straight top tens or something, or twelve or fourteen top tens, and then he's missed them, missed the top ten the last two weeks for you know various uh, various reasons. Didn't he run out of gas at the end of Pocono too? Maybe, I don't remember. Like, a lot of people ran out of gas at the end of Pocono. Yeah. Um, he's been okay here at Atlanta. I mean, he's got a top 10, right? He's got a couple of top 20s. So my question really is... Really fast, though. Yeah. I mean, all of the Hendrick cars have been really fast this year, right? Um, I would say that Byron is better for GPP build than he is for cash build this week. That's fair. Just because even when he's had fast cars, even when he's had fast cars, he's still been, um, you know, not like he started ninth and finished eighth here in the, in, you know, the spring. So, you know, that's his, he's coming off his only top 10, but he didn't really move up anywhere to do it, right? He just kind of finished where he started. Didn't get, he got five fastest laps and two laps led. So, you know, 
I would be more comfortable playing him in GPPs than cash. All right. Let's drop down to the mid-range. Who's your favorite play beneath Joey Logano? For me, one of my favorite GPP plays might be Kurt Busch. I was going to uh, say the same thing. Because uh, if it that- weren't for Kurt Busch wrecking uh, in the Atlanta race earlier this year, I was going to have a huge day. I had a lineup that put up over 360 points, and that was with Kurt Busch giving me like a minus 20. And keep in mind, he didn't just wreck because he wrecked. It was his brother that kind of pushed him. Five, right? He had a top five car, and they restarted after the like in the rain. It was wet, and he slid on like the restart and wrecked because his his brother kind of pushed him a little bit and got him loose. But that car was bad fast. Like it was top five speed from the Kurt Busch car. Do you think like uh-huh. he is a little bit extra motivated because there is some uncertainty about, about where what yep. where he's driving next year? And so now same he's thing got, goes like, for the guy starting right next to him in the grid and Ross Chastain because yeah. that guy's a free agent too and he has no idea where he's going to go. Um, he's starting a little Chastain's starting a little high for my liking. I don't mind Kurt Busch starting inside the top ten. Um, if you're going to bet on Ross Chastain, he's going off at like eighty to one right now. That's phenomenal. And he's starting like ninth. So if he can hold a top 10 spot and catch a break late, you can get a real nice return there. Kurt Busch, by the way, is going off at 30 to 1. Um, so clearly nobody watched the beginning of <laughs> the last Atlanta race. But yes, Kurt's definitely on my list um, in the mid tier for sure. Chris Busher is a guy that's on my list this week, too. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, he's kind of hit a bit of a cold streak in his last few races. Um, hasn't topped 30 DK points in his last four races. And, you know, he seemed like a pretty solid lock for top 15, even top 10 for the late races leading up to, um, I think, the All-Star race in Texas. But over the last few weeks, it's just been kind of okay. Yeah, the reason why he piques my interest this week is he's got two top tens here in the last five races, and really he's pulled those off in the last uh, three races. Three races ago, he started 30th and finished ninth. The race in 2019, or sorry, in 2020, uh, started 13th, finished 22nd. But then in the spring race here, he started 17th and finished 7th. He's starting 18th on Sunday. Do you think he justifies or can pay off the 5X value at 8600 Because it's arguably the most expensive he's been all season. I mean, he was 7500 last week. Yeah, I mean, everybody's prices were deflated last week because it's a road course. Fair. Okay. Uh, but looking at Pocono, he was 8000 and then 7400 for the second race when he was on the pole. Yeah. Um, so at 8,600, he needs what? 43 yeah. fantasy points. Um, I mean, he, he got, so if he finishes seventh, like he did in the spring, that's 37 fantasy point, like 37 That'd be 48 with the PD. Yeah. So to get 43, he would he's need starting 18th. About a top 10. He'd need basically top 10. I think it's doable. For him, he's going to have to repeat a finish that he had earlier this year and kind of get over the, the bad mojo he's had. But I think it's doable. And I'm not I will sure say what I like about him is that with the price tag, 
and basically with the other PD plays that are priced up over him, a lot of people may not actually be able to afford Chris Buescher. That's true. He's also it, sandwiched in the starting order between Bowman and Byron. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you're trying to like pop in, like cram two P two dominators or just Larson and a couple expensive PD plays. Chris Buescher might go under the radar for a lot of players. Yeah. And by the way, in terms of two dominators, each of the last five Atlanta races has only seen one guy lead a hundred or more laps. And three of them have only seen one driver top 50 nice so we're kind of expecting a single dominator Mm -hmm. i mean anything could happen but based on trends at the track uh you tend to only get one person that runs out front uh and they either win it or they're gonna get caught late because tire wear or late cautions um Um, a budget play that that i'm all over is ryan newman like He's just going to be popular as hell. Yeah, seems obvious. He's starting 29th. He's got three top 15s here in the last five. His average finish is 19th, and he's 6100 bucks on DK. The rule with Newman is if he's starting outside the top 20, you play him. If he's starting inside the top 20, you don't really look at him. Well, yeah, he, only needs, he only needs a top 20 to hit value, and everything after that is gravy. Right. So he's going to be a very popular budget play this week for sure. Um, but again, you're probably going to have to have him in a cash lineup because uh, if he finishes in the top 20 like he's capable of, that guy's going to smash value. Um, kind of want to ask you an odd question because this just dawned on me because we have a lot of really good PD plays like Newman, like Harvick, Blaney, Bowman, Byron, yada, yada, yada. Um, who is potentially a guy that could be chalk that you might consider being lighter on, if that makes sense. Um, who are you going to, who would, who are you going to fade that could be over 30% owned? I think Truex would fit that category. I think Truex would be pretty highly owned at that price, starting in the top five at a track he's done pretty well at. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be that high on Chase Elliott either. He's in the to pole. be honest, he's on the pole. Right, so all he can do is go backwards. He hasn't exactly had cars to run up front this year, which sounds weird considering he's got multiple wins, right, and he just dominated a road course. But, again, it's a road course, and that's more of his skill than pure outright speed from the nine car. Um, Just look at him at at any non-road course, and the car is completely different. Like, his stat line is completely different. Um, so I might not be as high on Chase Elliott this week. I know it's his home track. I know he's on the pole. Um, all that good stuff. But he's been up front before and hasn't exactly done much. Now, could he lead some laps? Yeah, I think he could lead some laps. But I don't think he's going to lead enough to hit value at 9,800 and then finish behind where he starts. Uh. Two guys that I'm entertaining ownership on just because I like what they've done this year. Uh, Suarez and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I know Suarez is probably the safer play based on PD. Um, Are you willing to play any of them here this week? Yeah, I'm willing to play both of those, actually. I think Stenhouse could get overlooked starting in the mid-teens. And he's $6,600. 
doesn't have to do much but hold his spot to value, basically. Right. Um, so that's a worthwhile shot to take. Um, trying to see, like, what about Cole Custer? Yeah, I can't do it. I thought about it for in my preliminary cash lineup. I thought about I had a little bit left over and I could either just spend up and use all of it for Custer or just go down to um, I think it was McDowell for $800 cheaper with more PD who I just think I trust a little bit more. I, I just don't find myself wanting to play Cole Custer right now. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. Um, he has looked good previously at Atlanta. Um, two top 20s in his two races here. But again, the SHR stuff has been so bad this year that like you almost have to disregard his previous track histories. It's like he changed teams or something and you can't count any of his other... See, the weird thing is that with Custer and Briscoe, like in the middle of the race, like their cars actually look pretty solid and, and they run well. Like their average running position has... I've liked it the last few races, but again, you know, this is, this is a results oriented sport as are most sports. Um, and they're just not really generating the good results. And I know Briscoe got sixth last week, but at the same time, you know, at Pocono, he had finishes outside the top 20 Custer. I just Custer had again, finished outside the top 20 at Pocono and 17th at uh, road America last week. So I just don't really trust the end result with these two yet yeah um it's one of those things where if you watch the race like we always tell you to do and you go well in the middle of the race this guy was running pretty well and then this this and this happened yeah okay that's great for a veteran guy right like kurt bush right perfect example we told you kurt bush looked excellent early in the race and then he got wrecked out well, okay, but that's Kurt Busch, like a 20-year vet of the Cup Series compared to Cole Custer, a two-year, you know, in his second year, and Briscoe, a rookie. Um, you know, it's it's a little tough to trust those guys right now, especially with how bad the equipment has looked. So, um, not really anybody else that, you know, Suarez is certainly intriguing me. The 7700 is interesting to see his price up there. Um, what do you do about Tyler Reddick? Just as a last, uh, I don't think inside I'm inside the top ten. He's only seventy one hundred, which is a nice and at tire wear tracks, he tends to be better. Man. Like he hasn't fully figured out Atlanta yet, which is the only problem here. He hasn't but... fully figured out how to win at this level yet. <laughs> Yeah, but he did finish second in Texas last year. He has looked pretty decent recently. I guess, better question, would you feel more comfortable playing his teammate Austin Dillon at 800 bucks more on both sites? No, I'd probably go to Riddick. As probably the lower-owned of the two, I would say. Yeah. Um. Because I still think like it's kind of like what I said for um, who are we talking? Chris Busher, where it's like a lot of guys are going to f- try to fit in Larson and these expensive PD plays, and they'll go down to Newman obviously, and then it just becomes a question of can they afford, you know, to go to Reddick for seventy one hundred 
starting P7, or do they try to go to Daniel Suarez or Ryan Priest, uh, who are a little more expensive and are presumably safer plays since they can't they don't have as much negative PD risk. Right. Well, Priest has negative PD risk every time he's on the track. <laughs> <laughs> that play did not work out so well at Road America. Um, Priest could not figure out how to turn right properly. Um, yeah, I don't. The RCR teammates is an interesting question. I'll say that if it's between Reddick and Custer, I I think I would go Reddick. Which is I strange so. because Custer's cheaper and he has 16 more spots of PD. Right, but I kind of trust Reddick's ability to correct finish a race better than <laughs> than Custer at this point. Um yeah. I mean I don't know. I don't really have a whole lot of other. Uh, one last question. We touched on this briefly, but are most of your lineups this week, are you going for p- two potential dominators or are you trying to just go with one? I'm just going to build with one because that's what the track trends say. That's how most of my lineups have been. I feel like if you really try to take down a GPP, like not all my lineups are going to be single dominator builds. However, my best lineups this year have been when I've hit on the single dominator guys. Right. So, so I, I just think I, that you have a better chance of hitting with the right PD plays and finishing position plays and just going one dominator. Now, if you're doing three lineups or 20 lineups, I wouldn't do all single dominator builds. I would right. mix in some two dom builds, but for the most part, I'm mostly looking at single dominator builds. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically how I'm looking at it. Like you go Larson and then some PD plays. Or you go Kyle Bush and some PD plays. Or even the possibility of, you know, all sprinkling Truex, I guess, as a potential. Um, well, now that's the interesting thing with Truex. You could focus him on, like, a if you're doing, like, a two-dominator one, you could go, like, Larson and Truex. Good. Because I don't think the ownership... I, th- I think Truex will carry much lighter ownership. I think that's where we might disagree because I think he will be very low owned and I think you project him for more ownership than I would. I do simply because when practice isn't there, people rely on this guy's usually good at. Yeah. And then you look at his stats and you go, okay, he's got five top tens here in the last five races. Can't be that bad, right? His average finish is 5.4 in the last five races. His average PD is 7.8 in the last five races. Can't be that bad. Has like a top three driver rating. Okay, that's great and dandy, but like if you actually look at the DFS results from Truex, he's been okay. I mean, he's been okay. Maybe the price point gets people this week because he's been up, he's still been up in like the 10K range. Yeah. For a while. And I think DK's finally figured out that, hey, this guy's not having as great of a year as you think he is. All right. Well, Matt, thank you once again so much for your time. It was good to be back this week. Um, again, my truck preview will be fairly light. I can't promise that it'll have updates. I will do my best to update the Xfinity stuff. Um, but Matt, best of luck to you this weekend for Atlanta. I'm going to go enjoy the races. So best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation, and we have just one more race after this until a two-week break for the Olympics.
Nice. All right. So, and then we'd be back at the beginning of August for uh, whatever the heck that race is. I don't remember where they start Watkins Glen. Maybe. Or Indy. Something. It's either Indy Road or Watkins Glen, I think. But we will see you uh, next week for New Hampshire and then in three weeks. So, best of luck, FA Nation.